Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, everybody. It's Greg Gutfeld. This is the one. We're going to get right to it because I'm extremely excited. And if you are a fan of Red Eye, especially Red Eye back in the day, you're going to be exceptionally overjoyed about my next guest, who is Allison Rosen, writer, TV personality, podcaster. Uh, she's best known now for her podcast, Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend, which has 30 million downloads, which is, like, pretty freaking impressive. She used to work on the Adam Carolla show. Remember that? She's got a great new book, which I've read almost all of it, Tropical Attire Encouraged. That's the name of the book and other phrases that scare me. Uh, and it just came out. Um, there's a great chapter in there. Uh, she's the only person in history to get in a car accident at a car dealership, which is an amazing story. How are you, Allison? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, um, it's uh, it's great to be here. How what? How have you been? <laughs> I've been good. Um, yeah, uh, I have tons of questions to ask you, and I understand you have tons of questions to ask me, so we need to catch up. Yes. Um, I've been good. I moved to L.A. in 2010 mm-hmm. because I was trying to figure out when the last time I saw you was. I guess I did Red Eye like once or twice after that, just when I was in town with the Adam Carolla show. But yeah. I moved out here. Um, I got married. I have two kids. You have two I have... kids? I do, yeah. See, I boy, I haven't seen you in a while. Like I, I when did that happen? Uh, one <laughs> happened five months ago. Oh, oh. no, four, uh, a little over four months ago, almost five months ago. Wow! And then I have uh, so that's that's Owen, that's my baby, and mm-hmm. then I have Elliot, who is about two and a half. Wow! Congratulations, boy! Thank I haven't you. seen you in a while. That's amazing. I don't see somebody for a while, and they go off and they get married and have two kids. That's what happens when people stop the Greg Gutfeld influence in their life. <laughs> they actually have they actually create a family, a happy family. Right. Do you like Los Angeles? Um, I do. It's you know, it's weird. I really miss New York. Mm-hmm. I really miss living in Brooklyn. Um, and I actually would probably jump at the chance to go back. My husband has never lived there and doesn't really have an interest in living there, so I'm I don't know that we'll ever I don't know that I'll ever actually go back. Yeah. Um, but when I, I found that in New York, I was, and part of it is just the time of my life that I was in then, but I was so focused on my career. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my whole life was just thinking about my career and pacing in my apartment and worrying about paying rent (laughs) and comparing myself to other people. And then I moved out. Yeah. And then I moved, but it was so much fun too. But then I moved out here and I found it a lot easier to have like a balanced life. And like I said, I don't know if that's just just me or if that's this place. Yeah. But I think just in terms of I think yeah. it's growing. I think it's, you know, a little wisdom, probably a little wisdom. And also, I think, you know, uh, what you've done with your career, which is um, something that I tell I tell people from my experience is to treat your career like a stock portfolio. So you don't own so you don't just own one thing. 
you you spread your you invest in a bunch of stocks and stocks being individual talents. So you write articles, you do stand up, you play in a band, maybe you write a script, you get a job on a on a podcast. So you do all of these things because like a stock, if one doesn't really go great, another one might. So I think that's what right. you did. Um, and I didn't give you that advice. You just did that on your own. Yeah, thank, um, I did it from watching you. That's how I learned it. <laughs> yes. It's like that old commercial. Um, yeah, you know, I kind of feel like that's what people have to do nowadays. And I definitely, yeah. I don't think I did it deliberately. It just kind of happened because I, um, you know, I worked at, when I first met you, I worked at magazines. Right. Like you were at Time Out. be doing. Yeah, I I intended that's actually why I went to New York because I was going to go straight to the top of the magazine publishing world. Yes. And then I sort of got uh you know, I I started doing television stuff mm-hmm. and web stuff and I got really interested in that and I feel like I was really lucky that I did that because I don't know how much well you oh. would you would actually know the answer too because that's your the world you're from Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Like, is there It's freaky, huh? A, it's weird. Like yeah. it's like oh, it's almost like I left a uh, it was like a science fiction movie where I left a planet and I looked back and the planet exploded. Like I can't like I think about like I think about I used to be able to think about working at Men's Health while Men's Health was there when I was working at Stuff for Maxim, but almost, like almost all the magazines that I've worked at they don't like Stuff doesn't exist, Maxim UK doesn't exist. Men's Health is still around. I don't know what it does. Prevention is now online. So in a lot of places that I freelanced for, whether it was FHM or what, they're gone. It's, it's, so it's like right. this whole – and I keep thinking, and you must think this too, where where did – this sounds kind of gross, but where did all the people go? Like I don't know where yeah. my friends went. <laughs> right. I, and I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure like – I know that Dan – Dan Bo was running a magazine I think, and I'm trying to think of people that I worked with. Like where did – like what happens when whole industries just kind of like – Fade away, and that's why the the stock inven- the, the stock portfolio thing is so smart now, especially because of these things like TV. I mean, you know, when is TV gonna? It's you know, with all the digital shit, everybody's doing this and that. TV is not is not uh, immune to to progress either. You know, if I ever pitch a show that doesn't go or audition for something on television that I don't get, then I just think, well, it's a dying medium anyway. <laughs> exactly. I mean, no offense. <laughs> <Yes>. No offense, <laughs> TV star. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I. Wait, but how many times I want to talk to you about Red Eye, because the reason why your name popped into my head was I was so I was moving offices and I'd been in this office for uh Ten years, I think almost ten years, and so we were moving from the 18th floor to the 21st floor. I open up a drawer, and I'm not joking. I find a stack of emails that I printed out that I'm talking like like of a mid-city phone book thickness, like like 300 pages, and on each page is like a buttload of what red eye introductions. That we that we used to do on Red Eye, which is like you know she's so sharp she could cut a tomato with her thoughts or something like that. But ours were much <laughs> sicker. Ours were much sicker right. and more depraved. They, and, yeah, and so I find this stack, and they're all yours. And I'm like sitting there, and so I start reading them, and I'm laughing out loud. And I can't even go through them here because like you can't do this anymore. So I walk out into my uh, staff and I go, okay, this is how you do it because like my staff only has to write. Four of them a week, and it's like hard for them. Not, and I'm not insulting my staff, by the way. They're very, very smart, but they're not. They don't have. They haven't built that muscle because that you know you build that muscle and you get really. And they also have to like doing it. 
But you, so you wrote more. I think you wrote more introductions than anybody, probably including me. Uh, and they were. Uh, why did you? Why did that? Why did that uh, appeal to you so much? You weren't even getting paid for it, but you loved doing it. I know. I love doing it. Um, yeah. I, I that. What if that's like my great love and my great passion? <laughs> writing intros for Red Eye. <laughs> I know, isn't that funny? But they were great. I would actually, I could, you know, I should have brought them here and just started reading them over this podcast. But I forgot that would have been really funny. But they were great. Like they were all based on, like, okay, you have a, you are like me in the sense we both enjoy. We're a fan of language. We like language, and we like saying something that sounds awful, but can be explained as innocent. And I think that's that's what made the intros right. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, I grew up reading truly tasteless jokes. Not yeah. that these were like that, but I just, there was something about the, the, the construction of them yeah. that it just appealed to my brain. And I just loved coming up with them and sending them to you. I mean, I remember one, there was one, it was like, if he were soap, I'd pump him in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, lots of stuff like that. Yes. Or like, yes. If, if he were Vienna sausages, I'd eat him over the sink. <laughs> <laughs> and these are always directed at Mike Baker. Yes. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's like um, it's like. But yeah. the, if somebody goes, "That's disgusting," the answer is no. Your mind is disgusting. Right. Uh, right. Your it's mind is disgusting. Yes, it's just word. We'd go. It's just <laughs> wordplay, and it would be like I. I remember sometimes I'll look at I'll go and look at them. I don't know if they're around anymore, but on 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 YouTube, and I go, "Holy crap!" But they were they, they were and it was a way to to do something. That seemed dangerous, but was just easily explained. <laughs> right. Speaking of red eye memories, you know what I remember was the time that a guitarist. Oh yeah, was your guest. Oh like, yeah, fire in the studio. You were so worried after. Oh my that. god, what I didn't happened? sleep that night, and I didn't sleep. Yeah. So what? It was his name was Adam Baum, and um, so he was he was in the. Uh, that reminds me also of the small. Remind me of the small Allison story. Oh, yeah. But uh, um, he was playing guitar. He was, so the whole joke was I would go to him and he'd be in the newsroom and I would p- p- uh, pose a question to him. He would answer it and then he would play his guitar a little solo after each answer. And it was actually he did. A, it, it was kind of fun. He had these crazy eyes. He had wild black hair. He looked the part. But then at the end, he does this thing. And he, if he explained it to me beforehand, it would have been great. He, but he poured lighter fluid on his guitar beforehand, and then he then he took a lighter and he lit his guitar on fire. And there's a, it's a, like a trick; <laughs> it doesn't hurt his guitar. It doesn't. Yeah. But he's in the freaking newsroom with with um with fire alarms <laughs> that would then turn off the water the water sprinkler system all over the newsroom. I would have lost my job. I would have been right. fi- I, every red eye would would have been canceled. I would be – I don't know. I'd be working in magazines right now. But um, – and so I remember I called uh, – his, his wife is no longer with us, uh, a woman named Claire oh, no. who is, uh, is adorable. She passed away. But I talk, I'm yelling at her. I'm going, what the, what the hell are you doing? And she was mortified. I went over – so I went over to Langan's. I remember I was over there with Langan's with like – the, the the usual crew. Me. Yeah, yeah, we're I was all, there. yeah. We're all going. We're, we're not having a show tomorrow. And I remember, I, I think it was Shelly was the producer, Shelly Stevenson. Yeah. And it was like, I think she was like, I think her words were like, you know what? I think maybe a tech person might have said something, but it it almost no one cared. It was weird. I, I thought like she, she told me something. Like, well, the tech manager, which is a person that. 
I don't know, they manage tech, said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was a bad idea. Because the fact is nothing happened. But and right. so but if something had happened, it would have been a different story. But I was I remember I must have pounded like five drinks in um, in Langens and just like and I wouldn't talk to you. I was so mad. I probably didn't talk to Claire for like months. I was just so angry. And then and then I, and, and, and he didn't. Adam Baum had no idea that how, what he had done and how how right. how upset but it's really, it's interesting. I mean, now that I look back at it, maybe I o- overreacted, but I don't think I did. <laughs> that was inside a newsroom. He set fire to yeah. a guitar in a newsroom. And a newsroom well, so is where everybody works. It's not like it's not like it's where everybody puts together the shows. That's producers. Right. It's not like just a, an office. It's actually where the work is done, you know? Well, I think that was part of I think the you red eye was i mean i'm sure you could wax more poetic than me about what red eye was but it was like this crazy thing to be on fox news in the middle of the night and it had all these you know musicians and comedians and um so i could imagine that for him he didn't get that this is that's like a completely inappropriate thing to do in the middle of a newsroom yeah because he just thought he was like on this crazy show yeah yeah but it reminds it reminds me of the uh, it was the it was one of the best Red Eye moments, the tiny Allison moment. Yes. Remember? And I, I was, I, I don't know, was I, it was during halftime. Andy Levy was doing halftime. And it did, yeah. It, and and it, it would tore right. down, it tore down kind of like the, the illusion of television that like people are in right. different places. And, and right. like, and I, I, explain what happened. It was weird. Well, so, um, yeah. So Red Eye, you know, you guys sat in a studio and then a couple guests would be on remote and it looked like we might be in, you know, another state or whatever, but yes. we were really just on another floor of the yeah. same building right. in the newsroom. Uh, and then Andy did his halftime also in the newsroom, but like pretty, like, what would you say? Like 40 feet away? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Away. And he looked, and it, but um, it looks like a, he's in a fishbowl, right? A fishbowl yeah, studio. Yeah. So it looks totally different than you think he's just in so, a, somewhere else. Right. So, you go to him and the camera's on him and then and I'm just like sitting in the back like drinking water checking my phone waiting until you guys go back to me yeah and all of a sudden in my earpiece I hear is that Allison back there <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I said and I go yes and then I wave and yeah. there's this like tiny little me way yeah. behind Andy and I think I even sounded far, my memory is that I even sounded far away I don't even know I don't like, even yes, think yes. I don't even know if we if we caught the voice, but what was so what was so bizarre about it is you know people were at home and they're watching they're watching. So Andy's doing the halftime report, and there's this tiny and I'm talking like the size of an ant way in the back, sitting on like a stool, and it's in the corner. And like I'm I'm listening to Andy talk, and I'm like I'm looking over, and I go, "What is that? What is that, Allison?" And then I go, "Allison, wave!" I think it's, I said, "Allison, wave!" And you saw this little person waving in the back. I think Andy tiny was. I think Andy was very irritated because it had, it disrupted his his script, but it was Probably. so worth and it. And then I remember you're like, "Can you can you squish his head?" Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can you that see was when I was trying to squish his head. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. That was such a weird, funny moment. Yeah, the show had a lot of bizarre. Like, you know what? It's because you could do whatever you wanted, you know? Right. And uh, um, and it was like – it was literally like the parents went to bed and didn't bother to even – like they just left the, the door unlocked and we just went in. And there was so many – also the great – we had a, uh, an interesting 
array of guests that uh, like, well, I mean, you would, as, as an example, you know, this is, you know, you got onto that show and had, and, and it worked for you. Whereas maybe other shows wouldn't have understood, you know, quirkiness or, or your sense of humor, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And that's, and that show ended up being populated by people that were, or even people that were st- like straight as straight arrows, like Mike Baker on other shows, but you found out who he really was on Red Eye, which was like kind of like right. a scatterbrained, um, a scatterbrained crank, you know, <laughs> with great hair. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. A surprisingly attractive former CIA. Well, I guess actually, yes. when you hear former CIA operative, you imagine attractive, but he really, he really was. Yeah. Um, Too attractive, anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, what did you say? He's too attractive. I'm seeing too him. Attractive. He's doing. He's, I think he's doing. Uh, he's doing the GG show in a couple of days. So I'll have to tell him that I talked to you. I, I, I forgot. You know, when you you were in a punk band, right? I was. Yeah, it was called the Angoras. It was uh, something that I did after college. I had always played music, mm-hmm. and I um just like for fun though. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to do music professionally, and then I also uh, wrote about music. I was a music journalist. So uh, a little bit before I graduated from college, I met this girl at a party and she found out that I played drums and she said she wanted to form a band and I, and you know, would I be interested in just jamming sometime? And I said, sure. Um, And then when I realized like, oh, they want to be a real band, (laughs) I, I had this weird feeling of like, but I don't, but I write about music and now I am going to become the cliche of like people who write about music are just frustrated musicians. Yes. And I'm not. Yeah. I don't want anyone to think I am. Yeah, yeah. But I ended up playing in the band. I played drums at the very beginning. And mm. then I, I said, this has been fun, but I'm moving to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then I came, I was in San Francisco very briefly. And then I came back and I said, it turns out I'm not moving to San Francisco. <laughs> and they said, well, we found another drummer, but what they didn't say was, we found another drummer who's a thousand times better than you ever were. But it, the first time we ever practiced with him, it was apparent. <laughs> he was really good. And I was like, just not, I enjoyed it, but I didn't have the stamina to, I didn't have his stamina. Um, but I also played guitar. So then I became uh, the guitar player in the band mm-hmm. and we were, we played, um, let's see, how long? I guess I actually moved to New York in 2002. We formed in 1997. So we were together for five years, and it, and we toured a little bit and, and recorded, and it was really fun. Yeah, you know what? I, the, one of the reasons why I brought it up, you know, I don't think you told me this, but Billy Zoom told me this. So I, 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 you know, I had Billy Zoom on Red Eye a couple times, and I, I, when I would go to L.A. and do a speech or something, I, I, he, would, he actually would come and, uh, and come to my speeches sometimes, and we'd, we'd hang out for a bit. He taught you guitar, right? No, he didn't teach me guitar, but he recorded our second ah, recording. Gotcha. And so he like produced it. But I played a uh, Gretsch Silverjet, which is what he played, mm. and so he did like show me a few things, and that was very cool and very exciting. That's amazing. Also, um, That's Billy Zoom. Yeah. I think Billy Zoom is uh, in probably one of the greatest guitarists living right now. He does. I mean, yeah. he does, and he acts like it doesn't matter. He's that's I'm, his thing. <laughs> I've never met anybody like more taciturn and just like doesn't you know just he's the coolest person I've ever met. I think Billy Zoom. I remember the so he came to watch us rehearse when we when I guess he was considering working with us or we, and we were it was like a um 
I don't know, like an informational uh, interview. Yeah. <laughs> like we were considering having him work with us. He came into the studio and he did not, speaking of Tassich, like, he did not say one thing. He and doesn't. It was very un, it was so unnerving. Mm-hmm. But we still decided to work with him. Yeah. He, um, um, he doesn't believe in holding up his side of the conversation. You know? Right. Yeah. He's like, he doesn't feel compelled to like, it's like playing tennis where the guy's just, you know, I'm not going to hit the, I'm not going to hit that ball back. And he just watches yeah. the ball. And and then I realize, okay, don't take it personally. He's that's just who, how he is. He just doesn't mm-hmm. talk. And he's and uh uh he's he's just an old fashioned dude. I want to talk I haven't talked to talked to you about oh, do you run into red eye fans at all? Do people come up to you and bother you still? Because I, I think always think that's pretty funny. They they bring yeah, you up to um, me, you know. No in not in person a lot, but I still get a lot of comments online of like I've I've you know been following your career since the red eye days. Yeah, and that's always really fun. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. They, it's it's amazing how many more red eye fans there are now than there were when the show was on. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Do you feel like thanks? Where were you then? Yes. Yes. But you know, they, they, it was a cult. I um you know. Being on at three three a.m. kind of weeds out the people who are casual. You got to really love something to hang out, yeah, and they and they would get stay up. They wouldn't. They, they wanted to watch it, you know, quote live. But I want to talk. I, I want to talk about your fun book, Tropical Attire okay. and Courage. My favorite chapter is. Um, it, I, I, it's worth. I can tell it because it's worth reading. But you actually got in a car accident at a car dealership, which yeah. is uh, which is I can see that happening to you. I do. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How did it happen? So, well, it's been a little bit of time now since it happened, but let me see if I can <laughs> recall all the details. Uh, we were at a dealership, and I was test driving a car, mm-hmm. and um, he, the dealer, and my husband was there too. He was in the back seat. And when we got back on the lot, the dealer's like, oh, why don't you try parking in that spot over there? You can just back in and then you can try out the the amazing rear view camera. Right. And I pre- before that, I drove an ancient Honda. Right. Did not have a, a rear view camera. And I'm not great at uh, driving anyway. And I'm certainly not great at backing into a spot. So I, I think I hesitated like, oh, I don't know. Because the way that those cars are parked on the lot, they're like right next to each other. Yeah. It's tighter than a parking lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I, I don't know. He's like, no, 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 try it. He was just very confident that I should definitely do this. <laughs> so That's I amazing. Start, <laughs> start backing up. And then all of a sudden... I just hear the crunch of metal on metal. (laughs) Two grown men with eyes and ears and not an impaired sense of spatial relationships in the car did not say anything. They just let me run into another car. It was so infuriating. And I think... I forget what my husband said. I think he was like, I just figured you knew what you were doing or like maybe you wanted to be that close to another car. And I remember as soon as it happened, I said, did I just hit another car? And they said, yes. So then the, the, um, the car dealer guy was like pretty, oh, this is no big deal about it. But he had to, you know, he, he's like, why don't you just come in, come into the, um, come into the dealership, come into the dealership with us. So we're following him in and I'm like, 
I'm like an animal in a trap. Like, yeah. we've got to go, leave my arm behind. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing good that's going to come from us staying here. I don't know what information he's going to try to collect from us, but we got to go. we got to <laughs> yeah. get out of here now. Like, there might be cameras, there might be cops. I yes. don't know. I mean, it, apparently, if I uh, commit a crime, I will flee because <laughs> yes. I was just like, I don't, whatever music I need to face, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. So we go in and we're sitting there, and, and I don't know if he had already asked for my license. But he um, he said he's like, oh, hang on, I got to go deal with another customer real fast. Yeah. So then I to my husband, and I convinced him we we have to go now. Yes. So we left, and I we might have said something to him like, um, we're going to come back. Catch you later. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then I actually got a call from the dealership. I don't know, sometime like a week later, and I like practically uh, ruined my pants. Uh, but. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be uh, I'm trying to be family friendly. Uh, yes. But um, the call was just they wanted to see if I was interested in the car. Amazing. So that was it. Yeah. That's incredible. But By the way, that is a, a uh, uh-huh. it's a great the message there is that how people just like assume that because you've got that stupid camera that you have to like relinquish I don't know relinquish the way you the way you move in among real objects and I I, right. I tell it to my wife all the time it's like. You know, I she she looked because I, I you know I just got my license again after ten years, and I still put my hand on the back of the when I'm going in reverse, I put my hand behind the seat and I look backwards. And she goes, "Why do you do that? Use this." And I look at that, and all I, all I see are the squiggly lines, and I'm going, "No, no, right. no, no, no." That I I don't like that at all. I need to do it the old fashioned way. I got to know one more mm-hmm. question. I want to ask you. You have thirty million downloads. That's I do. that's. That's over. I have over 30 million. You have over. That's pretty amazing. So this is you're doing this is doing really well for you. Um, it's it's I feel very grateful and uh, and lucky that that I this has has turned into a like my my living basically. So, yeah, I um, I do Allison Rosen as your best friend mm-hmm. and that comes out twice a week. And Monday is a one on one interview. And then Thursday is a panel show where we talk about our lives and all sorts of stuff. And we do fun segments. Uh, and then I also have another podcast. Uh, which is newer, and that's called Childish, mm-hmm. and that is an irreverent parenting podcast that I do with. Do you know Greg Fitzsimmons? Yeah, he did. He, I think he did Red Eye in the early days, once or twice. A few, t- he did it a few times, and I see him. I see him on TV. D- does Rogan? You know, I know, yes. I know he is. Yeah. I, I, but I, I met him maybe a couple of times ten years ago. Yeah, good guy. Okay, yeah. So he's great. Um, he's really fun, and we have like a fun chemistry together. So we do that podcast and. It's um it's parenting, but we have a lot of listeners who don't have kids who yeah. tell us that they love it, and um I, I I love when I hear that. And for some reason, then I think like, am I valuing them more than our listeners? With kids, <laughs> I shouldn't do that. Yeah, I shouldn't do favorites. You but, should look so down I'm, on them for not reproducing. Right. <laughs> How are you helping? Yes, um, exactly. But, so he has an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old, and then I have wow. a two-year-old and a zero-year-old. So it's we're able to, to come at parenting from you know very different vantage points. So one of I have a million questions for you. Yep. I don't know if, there, if you have time for them. I got like I'd say I got like five minutes because I got to run down to get okay. my makeup for the five. But shoot them, shoot it. away. Are you going to have kids? Uh, we go back and forth. We think about you know what it is. It's like I don't like children. That's a problem. It's that a problem. Might get in the way. Yeah, and I and you know what people tell me? Oh, you'll love yours. And I go, you know what? Don't hold me to it. 
Don't hold me to it. I don't. I I don't believe. I I'm, I don't believe in cognitive bias. You know. I I mean. I don't want to be fall prey to. Oh, my kid's great because it's mine. I'll be even meaner to my kid if he's a jerk. Like if it, right. if it turns out my kid's a jerk, I'll kick him out of the house at at ten. You know. If I if he lets you, me if he's an if he's an a hole, I don't want to have a kid who's an a hole. Like I don't want to. Like remember the two sons that Bill Murray had in Rushmore. I don't. If I have kids oh, like yeah. that, oh, I, I'm, I'll just leave town. Anyway, so that's <laughs> right. What, there you go. That's your first question. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I follow you on Instagram, mm-hmm. and you're constantly posting photos of some majestic cabin. What's going on? <laughs> you know, um, there is a there's a story behind that. I, my wife and I got a place up by a lake, uh, a couple of hours um, from New York, and it looks like. It looks like a, like a, a a location from a Japanese horror film. It is it's it's just this cra- it's crazy. And so I just go there, I get drunk, and I take pictures. It's I'm like you know how Dana Perino takes pictures of her dog. I kind of do that with the cabin. The cabin's my dog, but mm. and this is a secret that only you and anybody who listens to my podcast. Sometimes I take pictures of the cabin so people think that I'm there. When I'm trying to get out of something, so like if somebody, oh, that's smart. Yeah, so it's like if somebody says, "Hey, you know, we're having this event. We'd love you to come and stop by." Oh, you know, I'm going to be away, uh, upstate working on. And then what I do is I just have those pictures, and then I just, I just, isn't that just? But it's so dishonest. But I'm telling you, it covers your ass. You should always have backup pictures of things that you're doing in case somebody calls you on it and it's like, hey. uh, I thought you said you were going to go away. Uh, well, yeah, look at my Instagram. Oh, sorry. That's, that's genius because I'm always worried about the opposite happening where <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't do this thing. And then I'll tweet something about how much time I just wasted. <laughs> yes. Something like that's totally it, unimportant. Um, it, it, it's uh, you. If you forget your lies, you can expose like. You can like, ah, oh, crap! I can't believe, like, if, like if you're if you're tweeting about if you're tweeting about a, a Columbo episode a episode you're watching after you said that you couldn't do a special charity event, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. So what else? So I need to go get some stock photos. Yes, of or I can send you some. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, what else? Do you miss Red Eye? I don't really know what – I don't really – all I know is that it was it was Red Eye and then it was Tom Shalhoub Red Eye and mm-hmm. then there was no more Red Eye. Yeah. It, um, I don't miss it because we did like 1,500 shows or maybe 2,000. I don't know how many. We did so many shows. Um, I had such a great time. And I do the GG show once a week, which you should – if when, if you ever come into New York, you got to do the GG show. It's like, I, it's like Red Eye. Um, but it's obviously a little bit more polished. It's once a week, so it's a little bit more careful. When you do something, when you when you're making a cheeseburger every night, you can be sloppy. You can overcook it, undercook it, throw a cheese. You know that's red eye. But this is a once a week meal, so it's like you're cooking a steak. You got to be real careful because you you only got one shot that week, and I only have two. Ge- I only have two guest slots that week, so it's 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 like you have to make sure you don't have somebody who's going to bomb. And I, that makes makes me more of a of a jerk to our bookers. But um, but yeah, I do I do like with Red Eye we'd go oh, let's try that person let's try that person let's try that person and we used to actually have people come back who were terrible like I don't even know what it's like why do we have this person back this person was so mean 
And I'd have him back <laughs> on. And it's like, oh, why not? Maybe he'll, and I'll be like, maybe he'll be better this time. And then we remember we used to have like, we used to have um, entertainment reporters who would be like, oh, we can't talk yeah. about, pol- we can't talk about politics or something like that. And it'd be like, it's like, well, okay, sure. And then I just wouldn't ask them questions, but I would never do that now. And, but, um, right. so I do, I, I think I don't miss it because I'm doing like, and also I'm getting a piece of red eye from the Gigi show and a piece of red eye from the five. I'm still a class clown. I get to sit there and be an idiot. Say and the five, nobody tells me to shut up or no, nope, I'm not edited. So I'm, a, I'm kind of like more like a, uh, red, the five is really, uh, Help me in a lot of ways, and 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 uh, Red Eye. I was you, somebody might look at me and go, "You're just a weirdo," but the five, <laughs> it's like you're our weirdo. So it like it, for, you know what I mean? It like change it changed. Like it legitimized you. Yes, it legitimized my weird. It's like a guy, a, a middle aged man who obsesses over unicorns, makes ve- not so veiled drug references, homoerotic references. How could he be successful on a show at five o'clock? It turns out it happens. So it's like I'm still a weirdo, but I'm their weirdo. And um, and I think that's that. So I still get my fix, I guess, is what I'm saying. That must feel really good. Yeah, to, it's to it's have, the, it's to the, have your weirdness be so accepted. Yeah. And also it was good because, you know, my mom, she passed away, but she was able to watch the five. She watched Red Eye and when the Red Eye and five was on. She got to get two doses of her son and she would like fall asleep in between the shows but it was like good for her to see me do something that got wider acclaim you know she wasn't very pleased when i was editor of stuff or maxim (laughs) (laughs) and that brings me to my very last question this one's a little a little bit deeper but um before i knew you when you were magazine before i before i knew you knowing all about your magazine history and stuff my sense of you was always that you were this like very like out of control wild and crazy potentially self-destructive guy who like just kept getting fired up basically yeah um and then you got to you started doing red eye and like the story that that we told about how nervous you were after the after um Mm -hmm. the guy set the fire it seems like you you like took it very seriously and and were cautious and really wanted to 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 do right. Was there a change in you, or was it just that like my my sense of who you were was was I, I think inaccurate. I think um, I think like in those early days with Red Eye, there was a a a, a sense that I didn't know what I was doing. Like with magazines. I I thought I mean I was a fairly arrogant magazine editor. I think that like I felt that Stuff Magazine was the greatest magazine on the planet until I did Maxim in the UK. Then that was the greatest magazine in the planet, <laughs> and I could tell any I would tell advertisers to go to hell. I uh, I, I I made lives difficult for um for the other the publishing side, not for the editorial side. I was but I was like I you know I was a pretty right uh, yeah I was and also I did you know I was I partied a lot. So that was a I, I had a there was a self-destructive when I got I you, you and the other I guess my point is you caught me after I got married. So I got married. I right. settled down and I wanted this job. I wanted this job. I wasn't going to go back to magazines. Actually, maybe I thought I was at some point because I didn't think this was going to work out. And but I didn't know what I was doing. And I was I was married and I was I stopped being a jackass, a regular jackass. Now I was just a jackass <laughs> in the middle of the night. So I think that's where it kind of maybe I I started to develop. Uh, I, I used to maybe I just took it. 
I don't know if I, because I, I, I took magazines seriously. I think, I think your point is I became less self-destructive. It might be the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's because I did clean up my act and I got married. That was probably, if I'm glad, I mean, I, I, you know, it sounds corny, but getting married is, uh, is a great way to save your life. I mean, I don't know mm. what I would be like if I hadn't gotten married 14 years ago uh, because I don't really think I liked myself that much when I was single. I think that I was, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't think I was, um, uh, I, I, I was just a typical guy drinking, partying, doesn't give a crap kind of guy. And then, you know, I just realized I was sick of that. I was sick of that person. Yeah. You know, wow, that was a really deep question and a deep answer. It really was. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So when I you come tried, out, when I you come out here in New York next, you got to come do the GG show. We'll fly out. Too. I would love to. Yeah. So maybe. May, yeah. Yeah. So maybe just uh, maybe we'll just you work a vacation around it and we'll fly out. How about that? That would be that would be amazing. Yeah. Get um, away from the yeah, kids. Thank you. Get away from the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're really wearing on my nerves. So <laughs> it's going to be time soon. Um, well, excellent. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. I'll thank be I'll, so I'll be posting this on Twitter. And uh, I'm sure the fans, everybody will love, love hearing, hearing this. So I had a great time. Me too. Thank you again. You-